perfect storm. An unprecedented pandemic and an active hurricane season crippling seaside businesses. That's evident on the Gulf Coast. We're on the ground in New Orleans. The American Context Podcast starts right now. Welcome once again to the American Context Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Hirschfeld. We are in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, and an active hurricane season could be a breaking point for many small businesses and the communities they support. On today's episode, Thor Benson, he wrote a story for the newsletter about what it means in the city of New Orleans, bracing for an active hurricane season on top of this existing pandemic. Thor, thanks so much for taking the time. You are on the ground there. What can you tell us? Um, well, as I mentioned in my piece, um, a huge amount of the businesses, at least in this central part of uh, New Orleans, are restaurants, hotels, bars, and, uh, you know, we, we count on a lot of tourism. And uh, during the spring is usually when these businesses make, you know, most of their money for the year when all the tourists are around. And then, uh, during the summer when it's like extremely hot and humid and there are hurricanes, uh, they'll close down for at least you know, a month or so. Uh, and um, now, I mean, with the COVID going on and everything, um, you know, they'll, they'll be allowed to open for a while and then cases will go up and they'll have to close again. And like everything's just really uh, unclear for them. Or some places have patios where they can see people and some places don't. And so there's been a lot of confusion and frustration. Um, and then we have hurricanes coming and this is supposed to be a pretty active hurricane season as far as they can tell. So now they have to deal with all that on top of this. Yeah, we are just now entering one of the most active uh, parts of the season and what was already predicted to be a very accurate, uh, active uh, season. You know, I, I live in New, York, in New York City. We had two storms that already came through the area given they weren't very strong, but you know, the fact of the matter that we had two named storms coming this far north this early does not really bode well for uh, the remainder of the season, definitely along the Gulf Coast and up the uh, Eastern seaboard. Uh, so I, I guess my question, bringing it back down to New Orleans where you are, uh, have you, how have businesses really been you know you say businesses have closed uh periodically during during the summer uh, usually yeah uh have they been kind of uh staying open with to, to to kind of mitigate some of those problems with like delivery and and things of that nature have you seen that uh happening on the ground there yeah i've talked to a lot of business owners uh just through friends and stuff um who are saying like you know, we're just going to be open whenever we can. We're not going by the normal schedule because we just like, need to make money anywhere we can to stay open. Any of your uh, favorite places you've seen kind of really suffer or uh, go out of business that, that you, you've seen in the last? I've seen a lot of them struggling. I don't think any of my favorites are yet at the point where they're um, calling it quits, but uh, they're definitely, they're, they already operate on thin margins regularly. So I can only imagine some of them will eventually close. And, and tell me about some of those, those specific businesses uh, that you're, you're seeing. 
Um, well, just for example, like uh, there's a nice bar I like to go to down the street called Sydney Saloon. Uh, they were closed for the beginning of this pandemic and then they were able to open again when we went into phase two. And then uh, now they've closed again because um, it seems only at this moment they're allowing uh, businesses that are bars that also serve food um, to stay open and under very uh, particular circumstances. So uh, they're, they're not open right now. And how are businesses, how are businesses there? Are you seeing them like try and find new sources of revenue that are bars to try and get around that? Like, in New York, we've had some restaurants that are, you know, make most of their money, given a lot of restaurants make most of their money from alcohol sales, but are like, hey, let's start serving gelato or, you know, little bar food on the corner or something like that. Have you seen that happen? Yeah, I've seen some trying to do that. Obviously, there's limitations to like what you're uh, like, you know, licensed to do and all that. Um, but I've also seen some like try to do pop ups if they can't serve at their you know, brick and mortar, like just to try to raise funds from the community in any way possible, because, you know, a lot of people do love them. Uh, so that everyone's just kind of trying to get creative. How long have you been in New Orleans? Uh, it's been like a year and a half. Okay, so uh, tell me about, you know, you wrote in your piece kind of about disaster capitalism. Can, mm -hmm. can you dive into a little bit more of what you've seen that in the New Orleans context? Um, well, it definitely happened in New Orleans before, far before I was here, after um, Hurricane Katrina, kind of like, you know, disaster happens, all these people need to sell their property or whatever, um, they leave or whatever, and um, these big companies that have lots of money will come in and just start buying up all they can and replacing, you know, what used to be uh, a business that was like really part of the community with, you know, something from outside of the community. Uh, I saw this happened, I used to live in Puerto Rico, and after I left, um, you know, they got hit with a hurricane, and it happened a lot there, and I can only imagine it's gonna happen here and in many other places uh, because of COVID. What is your suggestion to business owners um, from your conversations that are struggling in this moment? Do you have a suggestion for them? Um, the only thing I can think to say is just, you know, we all got to, as a community, like come together at this time and like any way you can support the businesses you care about, whether that's, you know, like people were doing that thing where they were buying gift cards from businesses or like Venmoing actual like servers and stuff who don't benefit from, you know, the gift cards and such. Uh, that's helpful, but I feel like even more so we got to like really kind of find a way to organize and figure this out without assuming that, you know, the federal government's going to be there for us because it doesn't seem like they're that helpful. Uh, now, can, now, what about for consumers directly? Like anything specifically that you suggest a consumer can do uh, to support these businesses? Well, like there's the like direct ways I mentioned uh, earlier, but um, I don't know. I'd like to see, as I was saying, like more organizing, like, community meetings, you know, if it can be done the safe way outside or something or over uh, Zoom or whatever, uh, where people just like brainstorm different creative ways that this could be figured out. Um, I don't know. 
it's a tough situation. So have you personally lived through a monstrous hurricane um, in, the, in the region which you lived? Uh, no, when I was in Puerto Rico, I lived through some tropical storms. And then um, uh, here, um, I, we got hit with flash flooding right after I moved here. And um, then Hurricane Barry came. And uh, we'd, I had never been through a hurricane. We had just moved here. So we decided to skip town for a few days. And turned out it wasn't that bad. But um, yeah, I haven't been through anything too crazy. Yeah, I, I've lived on the um, Gulf Coast for several years. I'm a native Houstonian. Um, so I lived there during Rita. And um, Rita was an interesting time because that's that also happened to be a couple of weeks after Katrina, when all of the you know New Orleans Hurricane Katrina refugees went over to Houston to they were in like the Astrodome and stuff like that. And then they had to evacuate from the place where they evacuated to because there was another hurricane coming there. Um, it you know these hurricanes can really screw up a lot of things, um, and, and you know just also in Houston, I wasn't, you know, I was, I was living here in New York at the time, but Hurricane Harvey, the, just the way that decimated uh, and really impacted uh, Houston as a city is, is really telling of what these powerful storms can really do, which is no, you know, it's, it's nothing new to people who live in the Gulf Coast, live, on, live in Florida and li live, you know, people in New Jersey who are still de dealing with the remnants of Hurricane Sandy several years later. Um, but, you know, you look at these places that are hotspots. Um, I mean, just imagine what it's like if, uh, I mean, Texas is currently um, a hotspot. Um, Florida, obviously currently a hotspot. Um, and just the, the impact that those storms, if they do make landfall, uh, if a powerful storm makes landfall in those regions um, that are gonna shut down businesses uh, for weeks at a time, and then in turn, there could be damage that they have to deal with, um, you know, all of those problems uh, that come along with it. It just seems like it's a very, very risky thing, uh, especially for businesses that are you know, barely keeping the lights on as it is. Um, so, it's, yeah, this is kind of like the story of the dual threats of you know COVID and climate change. Like, outside of the hurricanes, like what's happening in California, like people dealing with big fires while they're dealing with COVID. Like, it's just a bad double but, whammy kind of thing. <laughs> and you know, you think when you evacuate these storms, just bring it back to the uh, the stadium and out. You know, looking at uh, what happened in Houston people evacuated to the Astro. I mean, obviously that happens with every storm, but they end up in these big gymnasiums or stadiums and they're packed together. <laughs> like we're supposed to be social distancing right yeah. now. And it's just like, oh, uh, how do you, you know, FEMA is not exactly set, uh, you know, our disaster response, FEMA not exactly set up for this. Mm. Um, and so, you know, that that's a whole thing and then there's the conversation about how uh climate change is uh, you know i just want to bring this in that yeah i know you're a pretty seasoned pandemic journalist uh as well um you know t 
these the the, the, the climate change what climate change is doing to exacerbate um, you know diseases uh, tropical diseases that would be impacting locations that aren't normally tropical um, you know you have the melting permafrost in Siberia um, which is releasing all of these um, you know prehistoric viruses uh, that have never impacted humans before um, you know, there, there, there's just a lot there. What, what, is, what do you think um, we can take away uh, from this situation uh, when, you know, these are very likely pending realities uh, for the global population in the not so distant future? Well, I think we need to decarbonize our economy or we're going to see more natural disasters and um, unfortunately let's hope it's not too bad but uh, more pandemics um, they might not always hit America but with our you know global economy our global flight system and all that these things tend to spread pretty easily so um, yeah we need to <laughs> I think fighting climate change is a good way to avoid further pandemics yeah absolutely anyways Thanks so much. Really appreciate you taking the time uh, writing this story. You can check out Thor's story at AmericanContext.substack.com. Uh, uh, until next time, I'm Andy Hirschfeld. Thanks for listening.